Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. How are you doing? Can you hear Simon okay? He sounds very far I, away to me. He sounds very far away to me too. Yeah. Because he is in Drogheda. Right. Far away in a lot of ways. Well, by the, by the, by the Father Ted criterion, he's either very far away or he's very small. He could be both. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from Inside Politics from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we're keeping you up to date on this general election campaign. And with me today in studio is our political editor, Pat Leahy. Hello, Hugh. And on the line from County Louth, our public affairs editor, Simon Carswell. Hello, Hugh. Uh, Simon, what are you doing in Louth today? Uh, I was following Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. He arrived here this morning to talk about crime, law and order. He was coming here specifically to talk to local people and talk to senior guards about uh, what action has been taken uh, to deal with the town's gangland feud uh, in the wake of the murder of teenager, the horrific murder of teenager Keane Mulready Woods. Uh, so it was very much a, uh, an opportunity to come to the scene of the, perhaps the biggest story of the week. And who did he talk to and did he have anything of note to say? Well, he had a series of talking points. Um, I think it's fair to say he he came uh, and spoke to local media. He spoke to LMFM, the radio station, and his talking points ticked all the boxes. He expressed his revulsion at the murder uh, of the teenager. He said the government was 100% behind the people of Drada. He said the killers would be put behind bars. He even said uh, crime doesn't pay, and he he appealed for people to come forward with evidence. Uh, And he made those points a number of times on his visit. And afterwards, he went off to the Garda station in Drada, very close to the scene of the uh, gun attack on the taxi driver last Monday evening uh, and he spent about an hour and a half talking to senior Gardaí about their investigation into the ongoing gangland feud and then he headed off. What what sort of reaction did you think he got from people on the ground there, Simon? Well, he he very deliberately didn't uh, have any interaction uh, or interface with anyone on the ground and I think that was quite telling and afterwards we went and spoke to a number of people on the streets of Drogheda and people are very angry, people are very scared as well because of the nature of this uh, this feud and how violent it has become uh, and people are very unhappy because uh, the Taoiseach has come here and listed off the numbers of extra guards that they've assigned to Drogheda but the people say that's not good enough, some people on the street are quite aware that a, a number of those, 25 of those Gardaí are recruits and that uh, there needs to be something more significant done and people really seem to have lost a lot of faith in the government's handling of uh, the response to this horrific feud. What do you think the government can do to, to resolve this feud? can properly resource the Gardaí. The Gardaí have been under-resourced in this town for far too long. These gangs feel, seem to feel that they can just shoot this town up like it's the Wild West and get away with it. And it's a, it's a disgrace, you know? Well, Fine Gael have always positioned themselves as the party of law and order. 
but they've neglected this town, unfortunately. Our Garda numbers have been well below what's uh, appropriate. Uh, Drogheda, the population of the Greater Drogheda area now is on a par with Waterford, but even after we got 25 young, uh, recently qualified Gardaí into town, we're probably still 60 or 70 short of the Waterford numbers. What more can the government do? Bring in the army. There's not enough of guards. Bring in the army just for backup for to clean up the place. And I'm born and raised here and I've never seen anything like this. Well, my legs are still like shaking. You won't go out. Um, like you're doing nothing, only crying. Is this going to decide how you vote on February 8th yeah. in the election? Yeah. And how are you going to vote? What are you thinking? I'm changing, that's all I'll say. Fine Gael's record on, on fighting crime, what do you make of that? What have they done? You know, I can't see them doing anything. They've put extra guards into the town, but you never see them. You know, they are doing something, but I don't think it's enough. Is this going to decide how you would vote in the election on February 8th? It will, yeah. Yeah. And how much you vote? Well, I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I find this very reminiscent of the early stages of the election campaign in 2016 because that was the moment at which the pretty horrendous inner city Dublin feud um, started with the killing in the Regency Hotel and there was a lot of coverage about crime being out of control then too. Yeah, actually, as 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 part of my detailed preparations for this campaign, Hugh, I went back and read a lot of the newspapers from the last campaign. And just like it has been this week, the early days of that 2016 campaign were dominated on the front pages by the calling of the election and the early skirmishing in the election and the crime, uh, the crime stories about that feud in uh, in inner city Dublin. And if you go back further again, you'll see crime playing a role in the 1997 election, as far back as the first election that Bertie Ahern took power against, uh, against the odds and uh, against Fine Gael. Crime was a very big issue for Fianna Fáil in opposition and I would expect over the coming days for Fianna, uh, for Fianna Fáil to play this for all it is worth because crime stories are always dangerous for an incumbent government. Michal Martin said one thing as a sort of a throwaway line in one of his press conferences uh, earlier on this week in which he said he thought you know, it was almost a sense in which, you know, this, this, this was out of control or that we were losing control of our state, I think, is, uh, is what he said. And I think you will see Fianna Fáil trying to use that to criticise the, to, to the government's record on law and order and to put Fianna Gael on the back foot as we go into the second week. I mean, the unhappiness of the people on the streets of Drogheda was clear from, from your recordings there, Simon. But do you think that they blame the government and it might have a political impact? Absolutely, I think it will. I spoke to a number of people, they said they're going to change their vote. Now, they were uh, fairly coy about saying how they would vote, but it was clear they weren't going to vote for, for, for Fine Gael. And I think that's a difficulty for Varadkar. He came here and he kind of declared that Fine Gael is the party of law and order. And he said this, you know, a few kilometres away from where we've seen some of the most horrific acts of violence uh, that this country has seen in recent times. So it, it is, there's a contradiction there, and I think it's very tricky for the Taoiseach. Um, and I think a lot of what was done today was very much a box-ticking exercise. It, he was asked, you know, is this a photo op? And he kind of said, well, I would hope that it would be seen as a gesture of support and solidarity. But I think the people here don't feel that because they haven't the government hasn't done more than they than they should. I mean, there's a lot of talk of if they did what they did in Limerick to deal with the gangs there, if they did that in Drogheda, uh, then things might might be looking up. But uh, it's been two years now and they haven't. And, and that impression might be reinforced by the Taoiseach's appearance on local radio station LMFM. 
a week from tomorrow, people in Drogheda will stand together to show their contempt for what's happening, for the violence and the lawlessness. Will you stand beside them, Taoiseach? Um, I, I, I heard about that, that, that event happening. Um, I, I don't know if I'm available or not, but certainly if I'm, if I'm invited to it and if I'm welcome there, um, I give that consideration. Mm. I don't even know if I'm in, in the country that day or not. As you can imagine, every day is... Uh, Two weeks out from a general election. Um, I, I'm sure you will be in the country, would you not, Taoiseach? I, I, I'm still Taoiseach, mm. so I, yes. I do still mm. have my, uh, my responsibilities mm. and obligations as Taoiseach and trying to obviously campaign mm. around them. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll I, I certainly give a consideration and check mm. with, um, with... with Non-political, very, non-partisan uh, uh, event. You said you would stand behind would be the people of Drogheda. Will you stand alongside them and in solidarity with them? So, Simon, not the most sure-footed performance by the Taoiseach there. No, and I think a better answer would have been, yes, I'll be here. You know, he was in Drogheda as a gesture of support and solidarity and the locals said to him, well, we've got another bigger event where you could show your support and solidarity. Can you come? And he gave that kind of ham-fisted answer. I think we got more of the Leo Varadkar who kind of struggles beyond his talking points, the kind of awkward robo-Leo, you know, the, he just doesn't react well on the fly when asked questions. And I, I felt this, were we getting uh, the, the leader of Fine Gael here on the campaign trail or were we getting a Taoiseach sent to an area that has a major issue of state, a major issue of law and order? Uh, and I think he was struggling to know in what capacity he was here in Drogheda today. And I think it was reflected in, in some of his remarks to the media. Which is actually an interesting point that Simon raises because there was a note sent out from government buildings last night say, saying that the Taoiseach would be visiting and of course that you know we get bombarded with stuff from Fine Gael campaign headquarters saying what Leo Varadkar Taoiseach and leader of Fine Gael is going to be doing but there was a note went out from government buildings saying that he would be visiting the Garda station as Taoiseach and that's why we were getting that note from uh, from government buildings so you know clearly there's some confusion about in what exactly exact role Leo Varadkar was doing there today. That can often happen during election campaigns though, can't uh, it? it? It is and with the best will in the world people in the position of Taoiseach and just like when people are, are ministers, the roles can become confused and can become a little bit elided but I suppose you know, opposition politicians would say, well, it's important that they appreciate the distinction between those two roles and I would imagine that they would be concerned that a visit to a Garda station wouldn't really be appropriate for a campaigning politician, whatever about for a Taoiseach. Now, we've talked an awful lot about Fine Gael over the last few days, and that's fair enough, I suppose, because they're the <coughs> government party and they're also currently the larger party. But we want to talk about the Labour Party in a moment. Before we do that, I just want to take a few seconds to remind you again that if you do like this podcast and you want more quality journalism from the Irish Times, all you have to do is to go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and you can sign up there for a digital subscription and one euro is all you pay for the first month for that, which is terrific value for unlimited access to all our journalism, which includes, and Pat, you'll be glad to hear this, our subscriber-only content, such as our fantastic Daily Politics Digest, delivered directly to your email inbox. Sometimes it's even from Pat, isn't that right? the speed of light delivered to your inbox. Remarkable stuff. So that is irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Now, uh, back to the business at hand. Simon, you were with the Labour Party in Louth today. This is one of their prime targets for recovering a seat, I suppose. 
Yeah, in Jed Nash, he's a good chance of taking back the seat he lost in 2016. Um, Sinn Féin are under a bit of pressure. It's viewed here in the constituency uh, under pressure to return the two seats they currently have. And the Labour Party came here today. Brendan Howland, the leader, came and made his pitch to the commuter belt, I guess is the best way to describe it. And what they did was they launched a report called uh, Getting Ireland Moving, which is their plan to cut congestion, to promote regional jobs, and to create what they call livable communities. And Howland told us that... He felt that regional communities along this commuter belt are being sucked into Dublin and that's causing misery for families. And their plan is, is to, uh, with, if they get into government, is to make, um, to instruct the IDA and Enterprise Ireland to invest in regional hubs and really move away from the city-centric job creation. And they had the stats at hand to say, you know, th- that the majority of jobs created are created in Dublin. And that's causing havoc and a nightmare for families who are having to commute long periods. Jed Nash pointed out that people spend three and a half, four hours in their car every day commuting to and from Dublin and so Labour has this plan um, to make life better for those communities and conveniently it's uh, with uh, he was flanked by two other candidates for the party Annie Howie uh, from uh, Mead West and Duncan Smith from Fingal both uh, with a lot of commuters in their constituencies. Yeah, I mean, Pat, we focus a lot, or people talk an awful lot about the constituencies of Dublin because they tend to be more volatile. So, you know, gains can be made perhaps more spectacularly. But would, we, we should include in that the commuter counties, what's called these days the greater Dublin area around Dublin, about around Louth and Meath and Kildare and Carlow and so on. And they can be they can be quite volatile too, can't they? Sure, and many of the same sort of pressures that will impinge on the election results in the Dublin constituencies will impinge in those commuter counties, exactly. Um, I think uh, Louth is, is, if it's not ground zero for Labour, it's pretty close. They've got to get the likes of Jed Nash uh, back into the doll. Also, you look at places like Dublin Bay North, Aon or Reardon, these are the places that Labour absolutely has to win if it uh, if it is to have you, a future, just not just the, and also you've just mentioned the two politicians who Brendan Howland would like to see one or other of them succeed him rather than anybody else in his current parliamentary. Well, party. I suppose if there is a future, if there is a future Labour leadership, it's likely to involve uh, leadership contest is likely to involve Alan Kelly and um, Alan Kelly, though popular in the uh, Labour organisation, I think, uh, might be less popular or was once upon a time in the Labour Party Parliamentary Party. But anyway, that's, I guess, a, a fight for uh, another day. But uh, I think they have a, a, a good chance of winning back Jed Nash's seat in Louth. It's a five-seater. Fine Gael will be under pressure there, won two seats in the last general election, but Peter Fitzpatrick left the party to become an independent. So the party is fighting defensively, I suppose, there to retain its two seats. Um, I, I'm, I, I have difficulty in seeing uh, Sinn Féin retaining its two seats there with the retirement of uh, of Gerry Adams. I think Mark Deary, who's lately been added as a candidate for the Greens, could challenge strongly there, and there will be a strong Fianna Fáil challenge but you know the door the door's open a little bit for Labour there and it's got to push through it Well uh, well, that's it exactly Simon is it I mean I don't know who you were talking to today but the reality is that if Jed Nash doesn't win in Louth Labour are not going to have a good election yeah, I think that that's the case. The view is is that Jed Nash is, is one of their strongest candidates. Uh, he's got a very high profile from the water crisis, uh, issues to do with the water infrastructure in and around Rohada in 2017. He's a very high profile from some of the public commentary around the gangland feud. So you'd say that, you could say that Labour would have a very bad day on February 8th if he isn't returned uh, to his seat here in Louth. Pat, final question. 
Um, this is the last podcast, last daily podcast of the week, although stay tuned over the weekend for other stuff. Um, what do you think of it so far at the end of the first two-thirds of a week, anyway, I suppose? <laughs> uh, well, um, so I think what we've seen is the sort of expected skirmishing between, principally between the two big parties with the smaller parties trying to elbow their way in. A few bumps uh, on the road so far for Sinn Féin. I think they'll be glad to get to, and more of them today, I think they'll be glad to get uh, to the weekend. I think what's pretty clear from this point is that uh, health and housing will be the dominant issues of the um, uh, of of the election, at least uh, when you go into next week and you begin to see the parties rolling out their manifestos will we get and all policy of those next documents. Week? We don't know yet, but I would expect we will see a lot of policy uh, uh, policy centred debate next next week. One more thing about the phase that we're now finishing and beginning, to, or the phase that we're now beginning to enter, I think, is that this weekend is likely to see the first opinion polls of the um, of the campaign uh, we'll see further opinion polls over the course of next week and what they will do is judge where the horse race is at that will have clear implications for the various coalitions that will be possible after the next uh, election on the basis of those numbers so I think you will see a much greater focus on who will do coalition deals with who else and I think that'll be a central part of the debate and next we'll, week. we'll be looking at that horse race but we'll also be looking in more uh, in more detail at, at all the policies as well in some of our podcasts next week so do stick with us that's it for today and that's it for this weekday uh, series of podcasts anyway we'll be back with them on Monday but as I say stay tuned over the weekend we might have something else coming for you thanks to our producer Suzanne Brennan uh, thanks to Pat and to Simon for joining us today you can subscribe to us on all those usual podcast channels you can get us at irishtimes.com slash podcasts you can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can find every single one of us on Twitter we're not too hard to find it we'll be there over the weekend as well talk to you soon